Hi there, and welcome to the 10th episode of Beyond the Payment, a podcast in which we'll dive into the world of Affinipay's integrated partner ecosystem and get to know the people behind the tech companies. From understanding tech features to getting to know someone's favorite TV show, our hope is that you get a taste of everything that happens beyond the payment. My name is Meg Swanson. Welcome to episode 10, where I sit down and chat with Brian Marble from Client Rock, a law pay partner. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Beyond the Payment is brought to you by our podcast sponsor, American Express. American Express merchants get free and discounted benefits to help manage your business. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business-solutions. Hi, thanks for joining us. I am so excited today to talk with Brian Marble from Client Rock. Um, Brian's here with us today. And the thing that's so exciting about Brian that you'll find is he's so passionate about creating amazing and very simple user experiences. And you see that within the user interface of Client Rock all the way through the sign-up experience and the whole customer experience. So today, thank you for joining us because we're going to hear about what drove that focus. So welcome to our podcast, Brian. Hi, thanks for having me. Can you share a high-level overview, if anyone listening is not familiar with Client Rock, on just what Client Rock is? Sure. So Client Rock helps uh, typically small law firms book their consultations, sign their fee agreements, uh, set up payment plans for folks all in one uh, simple uh, client portal. Yes, and it's so interesting as, as you build out software and with you being um, the founder and, and really seeing the vision for this, I'd love to kind of rewind the clock and have you talk to us about growing up in New Hampshire, just was being a founder something that was that you'd always talked about or how did you how did you first get started? Uh, yeah, I'd always dreamed of uh, working for myself someday. Uh, I think every every person has those those visions uh, at some point but uh you know coming out of college uh definitely took that like go work in industry for a while uh get a little bit bored with some of the uh, some of the overhead of those things and and struck out on my own a lot of a lot like uh, a lot of the law firms that I work with do um you, you know they get sick of the day to day and and want to have some control over the clients they work with the the things they do on a daily basis where they do it from uh, and that's kind of how I got into it too yeah, that freedom. And uh, I think also having your background starting off as a developer, and that's, uh, it's not, um, it's not super common in this space, you know, to have someone who is literally the the CEO of the company, and, uh, and they started off with a really strong development track record. I mean, you've been a developer for um, some of the largest brands on the planet. So how did, how did you first get into, into development? Uh, I remember sitting on the beach when I was like, 10 years old reading an HTML for dummies book and like, uh, like every 10 year old. Yeah. Like common. every 10 year old does. Um, and so I always knew that I wanted to build, build things online. Uh, at the time I didn't really know that that meant programming, but, um, that's kind of where I ended up today. And then how I got into legal is, um, through my wife, she's an employment attorney. Uh, I'm constantly trying to like, solve little problems, uh, much to her dismay. Uh, but a lot of times she would say, you know, I, I need this thing for my website and I'd go build it for her. And, uh, you know, you do enough of those and, and you eventually strike on something that other people can use as well. Yeah. And you find those, those gaps where, when you're <laughs> heading off and creating your own law firm and, uh, really trying to focus on serving your clients, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of time to, to be building out the technology alongside of it. 
Right. And a lot of the, a lot of the tools aren't really built specifically for lawyers. Um, a lot of them are kind of, you know, you're going to go and build a yoga studio or, or, you know, start a podcast or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but there aren't a lot that are focused on lawyers. Um, and so that, that's kind of where I got my start. What was one of the first problems that you, you set out to solve with, uh, with creating client rock when you saw a challenge that your wife was having or, or other lawyers within your network and thought, okay, what was the, what was the moment where you said, you know what, I think this, I think this is a company. Sure. So I'll actually go a little bit back before that. So this is my second legal tech product. I used to run a, a marketing suite for attorneys called Amaze Law. And so it would make their website and help them do social media posts and things like that. And I sent out a survey to all of my customers uh, saying, you know, of these, you know, five or six things, if you had a hundred dollars, how would you spend it among these, these three or these five um, features that I was considering building? Uh, and one of them, just as a throwaway, I threw in intake forms uh, because a, a client of mine had mentioned wanting an intake form that morning on a call. So, uh, and it turns out everybody wanted those. Uh, and so after that point, I broke ground on the first version of client rock, which is, was a very, very prescriptive way of doing intake. Um, it was relatively simple. Uh, but again, uh, I'd been doing intake for my own software for a long time. And so I had a, an idea of the way things could be done um, in a way that a lot of attorneys weren't thinking about things at the time. This was back in like 2017 or so. Uh, now folks are, are definitely getting more on the on the boat of uh, systemizing their process, their processes, making sure that they're, um, they're using technology in the day to day. Uh, but at the time, people weren't really thinking about that. Yeah. And, and as you were starting off specifically with intake, because they I think that's something that, as, as you mentioned now, it's it's getting a little more standard. But what were some of the things that you found early on that you would just look and say, oh, my goodness, why isn't this standardized? Why don't you do like, these, these certain steps? Yeah, I mean, even just the basics of like booking a consultation. Um, even today, I would say only half of maybe half of law firms are out there booking consultations online. They're still relying on people, you know, picking up the phone, calling their office, hoping they get them during business hours. Um, and, you know, 10 years ago, Calendly came out and people started using those booking links that everyone uses now. And that's just one of the, those small things that people could do tomorrow. And so we actually uh, made our scheduler, which is basically a drop-in replacement for those scheduling tools for lawyers. Uh, we actually made that free this week. So uh, anyone can go in and and set up online scheduling for their law firm. Uh, they can connect it to LawPay if they want uh, so they can charge for those consultations, but it's all completely free. Um, it's just one of those low-hanging fruit items that I think every practice needs uh, and not enough for doing it. Yeah, I think it's, especially as people are coming in, and looking for, as you mentioned, I think the expectations are a little higher now on how you deal with technology and how you engage with companies because we're just so used to it. So we're used to using app store food and we're used to using, you know, booking service time, not, you know, not um, having to, to set it up on our own. So I think making bringing that into the legal world and bringing, you know, an area where you've got a lot of anxiety. If you're reaching out to a lawyer, it's usually not a great situation. So just being able to have kind of a familiar environment where everything's more transparent as far as, okay, I understand where, what time I'm going to book. I understand the length of the time. I understand you know, a little bit more going into the initial meeting. Yeah. Uh, most people, when they're when they're in a position where they need legal help, they're they want some they want the assurance that somebody is on their case, like somebody is is has their back, um, and oftentimes at that very outset, 
the first person that responds to them or the first person that they can, you know, legitimately say, I'm working with this person uh, is the person that's going to get the business. So being able to let people um, book 24 seven, uh, 365 is, is really important because you don't know, you know, at 3 a.m. when when a particular client needs you, uh, you don't want to be taking phone calls or requiring others to take phone calls. You want to be available to them. Uh, and, you know, there's no excuse not to these days. Yeah, especially with uh, with you opening it up for free. And then, as you mentioned, we've got a fantastic integration with LawPay where we can make sure that for all the time that's being spent, that you're getting paid um, for that time. Yeah, we, we've definitely found um, firms that are charging for those consultations uh, are just doing better financially, uh, just from a, it, it, we've seen some firms make as much as a 10% raise just by just by charging for those consultations, which um, is is just huge. It, it, and it's so easy to, to try out um, that I think more firms should try it. Yeah, talk through because I, I had the opportunity to to run uh, an experiment with you with where we brought firms in to to take a look at how they were doing intake and work together between between Client Rock and LawPay. Can you talk through some of the things that um, that we uncovered through that, as far as just as as you mentioned, you know having that point of at what point is it okay to have the consultation? Is it okay to have a consultation if you're not paid yet? And just some of the things that you know you uncovered with working with some of the firms. Yeah. And we found that there were, there was a big friction point in the process when even, even folks that had taken the step of being able to book clients or book consultations online, they, if they were charging for consultations, they'd get to the day of the consultation. And if the person hadn't gone off and, and run that payment yet, or hadn't sent the check-in, uh, then there's this question of what do we do? Do we actually have the consultation? Do we have it and eat the fee? Um, and it's, it's really easy to do that now, just booking online through Client Rock and LaPay, where you can just have them pay upfront. You don't have to have those questions anymore. Um, but all in all, we found that the folks that were booking those, that were charging for those consultations, uh, not only were they getting an increase uh, just in 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 payments because they were charging for the consultations, but they were actually able to charge more on the back end as well. Mm -hmm. um, people valued the services more. Um, we found that just on average, the firms that that charge for consultations make more per attorney than uh, than firms that don't. So I, I and whether that's uh, whether it's because they charge for consultations or just whether firms that tend to be more profitable also charge for consultations. I don't know which one is the cause of the other, um, but they do tend to be correlated for sure. Yeah, I think it, it does come back to that, just setting a value on the time. And I think it's something that's uh, that's difficult to do is because you know, everyone's spending time in law school to make sure they're, they're masters of their craft and that they are just excellent at what they do in their profession. They're not spending time focusing on how do I talk about time value of money and getting paid for this time. Mm -hmm. And it's the conversation that, that is, uh, we want to just take the complexity out of it and um, and just make it really simple. So, so yes, I think either if the firms that are having a higher volume of revenue is because they're, it's just part of like the water running where we're going to charge for the consultation and we, you know, we value the time. Um, or if it's that, um, is that they have the consultation in there. I think either way, um, it's a good thing, right? Because we're able to, the firms are able to drive revenue for the work that's being done. And I think that's just, it, time is so valuable nowadays and, and 
times being asked of more and more because there aren't set work hours. And, you know, especially with the pandemic, we've been so flexible on, on all the extra time that we give. I think it is really important that tools like yours are helping them capture that. Yeah. And, and it also acts as a great qualifier. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that can afford even a nominal fee. Um, it, it's not necessarily folks that were charging the most for their consultations. We're making the most on the other side. It's just whether they were or not. So some firms just charge $25 just to put that little bit of pressure on the client to say like, I'm committed to this. I'm going mm-hmm. to show up. I'm going to um, do that intake work ahead of time so that we can have a productive conversation. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to charge, you know, $300 for a consultation though. Some people do. Um, but just the act of getting somebody's payment method and having that sign of commitment uh, tends to, you tend to close more clients because they're more committed. You can charge them more on the back end because you have a better understanding of the services you can provide. Um, all in all, I just, I, unless you're in a, in a practice area where there's, there's such competition um, just to get somebody as many leads in the door as possible. Um, I, I would highly recommend charging for your consultations or at least trying it, you know, give it a try for a month or two, see how it goes. Um, I, I think a lot of the reasons folks don't are, you know, fear that they're going to miss out on some mm-hmm. client that uh, otherwise would have come in and been an amazing client for them. Um, I would just, I, I would recommend just trying it, try and, and, it's not hard. You can turn it on or off, um, depending on how you feel that morning. Um, but I would give it a try and see how it goes. Yeah, it's always good to keep experimenting with uh, with their businesses for sure. And then within Client Rock, what are some of the other areas that that you found is with, with working in the legal community, working with lawyers? I mean, intake is definitely you know a challenge that that you've helped ease up. What are other areas? What was your next aha moment of? of, well, we really need to make this simpler and it's a much simpler process. Um, I mean, the entire step of um, someone becoming a client is, mm-hmm. it, it's very disjointed uh, for most law firms. Um, you know, you come in, you you pay through one, uh, on one page, you enter your, um, you sign your fee agreement on, other, on another page, you fill out an intake form on another page, uh, you get mailed a PDF that you then have to fill out and return. Um, and, and all of that friction isn't necessary. Um, we're at the point where you can you can automate all of these things. And whether you use a, a platform like Client Rock or any of the other intake providers out there, or if you stitch together things, uh, different tools at each step of the way, um, there are ways of doing this in a way that that um, one makes it easier for your client Two makes it likely more likely that they, um, they get through the process in a, uh, in an easy way and, and they come out of it feeling good about the interaction instead of like, I had to go through this gauntlet just to get help with whatever I'm looking for. Um, you know, it's people expect to be able to sign up just like you do on Netflix, for example. Um, they, it's, it's not enough anymore to have, to force people to go through hoops. Yeah. And, and you mentioned it earlier when you talked about just the the nervousness that someone has going, you know, if they're working with a lawyer and they want that reassurance and that's where that getting updates on, okay, here's where, where you are in the process, getting updates and here's where we are in the schedule and then having those communications that are, you know, more automated and coming through are all just those reassurance points of, of just making the technology and the software work for you and work to create a you know, better client experience uh, on the other side. Yeah, I, I think I think to some of the stories that some of our our customers have come to us with, where you know folks are calling them multiple times a week trying to get the a status update on, on whatever's going on, and 
typically they're in a, a point where there aren't any updates. Like mm -hmm. if you're if you're waiting for um, you know a trademark to go through, there aren't going to be updates until there is. Um, and so you want to give the client a place to go and self-service those questions. Right. Um, you know how much how much do I owe you? How much have I paid? Can I get a receipt for that? Um, those are all things that that you can give to the client without them having to get in touch with you um, or a member of your staff. Uh, just all the, all those touch points where um, that is considered overhead at this point. Um, you know, every, everyone goes to law school to, to practice law, not necessarily to like write out invoices and, and send them out and, and send reminders or, or become a, uh, a collector. Um, so automate the things you can. Yeah, exactly. And then what are some of the stories that you've heard over the years from your customers? I know some of them were um, looking at, at, they were manually juggling all the payment plans that their clients were on. And, you know, inevitably something's going to go wrong in that situation. <laughs> of course, we, uh, we do have human error in there. But what are some of the stories that you've heard over the years that jump out as, as just those, those aha moments, those moments that make you really proud of, of you know, what the time you've dedicated, what you've built just to, just to ease and, and create a better customer experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, every once in a while, I'll have a demo with somebody and they'll, you know, pan their, their camera around and show me all the post-it notes on their board. Like, this is what this client owes. This is when they paid me last. And um, there's like 30 or 40 post-it notes up on the wall. And, and it's really hard to get an overview of where, how your business is doing when you have to go and inspect a bunch of different post-it notes. Um, we've had folks that, you know, are, are doing work in access to justice and, um, in that space, there's less, um, there's less money to go around. And so you end up having to be really, um, you know, you have to customize your payment plans for your client's ability to pay and being able to keep track of what you decided to charge a particular client versus another one and where they are in that process. And maybe they got behind, but you want to set them up on a payment plan. Um, there are folks that, you know, came to us and they were like, we have, you know, 60 or 70 people that owe us money, but we have no idea how much they owe uh, or where they are in the process. Can you help us get get current with folks? And um, that that's where we try to try to really help because um, you know not everybody can come in and afford you know ten thousand dollars for uh, to handle their legal matters. Um, maybe they can they can afford five hundred dollars and then they can dedicate a part of their paycheck for a, a dedicated period of time. Um, we allow the attorneys to set that up and not have to worry about chasing down the client when you know the the credit card expires three months later. Um, all of that stuff can be automated away so that you can focus on the relationship that you have with the client and not the the money piece of it. Right. And, uh, and get rid of all those post-it notes. Now those post-it notes would be about the things that you want to do for your firm and that right, you want exactly. to do personally. Yep. And on the personal front throughout the pandemic, have you been able to get out skiing? Have you been able to <laughs> explore it all? Uh, yeah, we, we, we're big into hockey around here. Um, my son is big into youth hockey. And so that became our refuge during, uh, during the pandemic. Um, basically just became a giant bubble for all for all of us to hang out in and uh that that's where that's where we spent the winter uh really glad that the that uh things are opening back up again here just from a weather standpoint uh you know it's 70 degrees and sunny uh it hasn't reached that humid time of year yet so it's it's really nice yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting how what created our bubbles over the pandemic, and a lot of it was <laughs> right. the kids' activities. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you really have to choose, and um, I'm really grateful for for the folks that we were with that 
took it seriously, but also, you know, created an environment where the kids can still have a winter and still have that social connection that I think everybody, everybody wishes we could maintain throughout the, the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I would love to jump into a lightning round of questions. Oh, geez. <laughs> See what... So are you ready? Yep. <laughs> All right. So um, lightning round to, to get to know you a little better. What is your favorite TV binge right now? Oh, God. Uh, to be honest, uh, we've been watching a lot of Jeopardy lately uh, and just uh, – keeping up with all of the new hosts. Uh, but that's, that's been our main, our main binge lately. Gotcha. Yeah. The, uh, now do you, do you pre-watch it and memorize and then try and try and amaze the family? <laughs> no, they, they, I'm pretty sure they would catch on to that pretty quickly. If I get more <laughs> than, you know, three or four correct in a given episode, they, they know something's up. Yeah, it is. It is amazing how they can, how they can <laughs> rattle off. All right. So do you have any secret talents or skills that are about to be not so secret as you announce them on our podcast? Oh, um, I, I can carry all of my grocery bags into the, into the house without, uh, ever in one trip, no matter how much, many groceries I decided to get. Uh, that is, that's my claim to fame is that I've never had to take more than one trip from the car to the, to the house with my groceries. That is amazing. That sounds like we need to, uh, to do a TikTok challenge after this and start videoing. <laughs> uh, it, it's my gym time these days. <laughs> Whatever it takes. So speaking of gym time, what is your favorite go-to candy or dessert? Oh geez, uh, Oreos. Just any kind, really, any kind of Oreo. I would, I would take down. Uh, and they're I vegan really... too, right? So there's. Oh no sure, counts. yeah, totally healthy. I, I always thought it would be a great business to take a take all of the different uh, flavors of Oreos and mix and match them so that you have like one pack that has like thirty different flavors in them, and then sell them on eBay in that way. I would, uh, and if somebody wants to do that, I'll absolutely buy it. So I don't know why they haven't done that. I um. I'm terrible at grocery shopping because I get distracted. So, um, so my husband does the grocery shopping, but every once in a while he lets me out to, uh, to go. And I'm, I'm shocked. Like there was a moment where I walked down the Oreo aisle and out of nowhere, right. There are 42 types of Oreos. And then I went down the M&M aisle and what happened there? There's jalapeno M&Ms, there's oh, English toffee M&Ms. So, uh, so needless to say, I was like, I was shut down from grocery shopping again after that. Cause it was like a whole yeah. card of, I had my daughters with me and they're like birthday cake Oreos. I'm like, yes, of course we need those. So yeah, I, I saw yeah, s'mores this week and I almost, uh, I almost lost it, but it's incredible. I, yeah, I'm with you variety pack. Um, we, we need to figure out how to make that happen. Yep. All right. And what is your dream car or are you, are you driving your dream car? <laughs> uh, my, my car is a 2017 Chevy Volt. So not exactly my dream car. Um, but, uh, I think my dream car at this point would be, uh, it's called a Rivian. It's a, it's a, it's an electric truck that should be out later this year. So that would oh, be, nice. that would be my dream car. Late payments, two words that make any company shudder. But did you know with some simple actions, you can help combat late payments and help your business thrive? Learn more from our podcast sponsor. Visit AmericanExpress.com slash business class for merchants to watch our video on how to combat late payments. All right. And then what is your absolute favorite client rock feature that you can't leave home without? <laughs> uh, well, I use, I use it for my scheduling day in and day out. So that is something that I absolutely can't live without. Um, but the thing that gives me the most joy is um, sending a fee agreement and getting it signed. 
Um, I just, for some reason that, that part is just still magical to me. Um, uh, just the idea that somebody can go out and, and send a fee agreement, get it signed, get paid and, you know, wake up with a new client. Like that, that stuff is fun. Yeah, I think it is. They're special because we on the you know law pay side of the house, when someone gets paid, it's such an exciting yes. moment. And <laughs> it's uh and, and and we hear that from firms, right? I'm sure it's the same thing on the intake is sometimes they'll like set a, a certain notification so it comes in in a sound, like yep. there it is, right in the bank. And yeah. uh, that moment that you land in a client, like that's <laughs> it's exciting. We, we have, um, we try to use emojis sometimes in our notifications just to make them a little bit more exciting. Um, but we have the party emoji when somebody, when you land a new client, uh, and then we have, uh, the money bag emoji when we recover a failed payment. So, uh, that those are the, those are the two fun ones when anytime you can get money in your bank account, uh, without having to, to, uh, physically go and do it, uh, is great. Yeah. Just any way to, to streamline and, um, and, you know, both between client rock and, and law pay. Oh my word. We just want to make it so simple. <laughs> we want to take the burden away and you want to have smooth intake and a smooth client experience and make sure that you get paid for every minute that, that you're working on a case. I'll that valuable time. Absolutely. Brian, thank you so much for spending time with us and, and sharing more about client rock. And before we go, how easy is it to get started? What's the time frame? What's the sign up? What should people be looking for? Yeah. So if you go to clientrock.com, you can sign up. There's a free seven day trial. Uh, there's no credit card required. You can be up and running in less than five minutes. Uh, as, as we mentioned, the, the scheduler itself is completely free. So you don't even have to pay ever for that. Uh, and we even have a nice little uh, sign up with LawPay button. So you can just click a button and sign in with your LawPay account and we'll get your whole thing set up for you. So uh, again, the whole point is to try to make things as as simple as possible for everybody. Yeah. And I think, as you mentioned, just kind of test and experiment into it. So five minutes, sign up and start setting a, a fee for the initial consultation, see how it goes. And then exactly. start taking the experience further because we know we know it's going to be beneficial just in the data that we see. We just <laughs> want to make sure we're moving away from post-it notes and uh, and freeing up that time to, to focus back on, back on, back on the practice. For sure. Now that we can get out of the house, uh, we should give everybody the opportunity to get out as much as you can and not be stuck at your desk dealing with collections and things like that. Exactly. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us and encourage everyone to check out Client Rock. Awesome. Thanks, Meg. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Beyond the Payment brought to you by American Express. I'd like to thank my co-producers, Keely Leonard and Jen Curtis, and a round of applause for Ryan Berry, who wrote our original theme song. If you liked what you listened to today, please like and subscribe to Beyond the Payment. Thanks again for listening. I'm Meg Swanson, and we'll catch you next time. Beyond the Payment is sponsored by American Express. Visit AmericanExpress.com slash business class for merchants for tips, trends, and tools to help your business thrive.